This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. Uh, another round in the books. A surprisingly entertaining ga- uh, weekend of rugby league. We only really had like one ultra blowout. Um, rest of the, a couple of other games were crappy, but a few pretty competitive ones in the end, Mitch. As long as you take all the good players out of the good teams, you take the spine players out, we get an even balance. It's perfect. Take them out. Except for the yep. Roosters. As as you just knock, it doesn't matter who you knock out of the Roosters. They're, they're not going to no, be the best, but they're still going to be good. You know, so exactly. And let's start with Thursday night. Uh, Canberra Raiders fans are giddily talking themselves into a late charge to the finals. They beat the Eels 12 10 in one of the best finishes of the year, I think. Um, contentious call at the end. And, and like, <laughs> it's pretty funny though. Like, if Rapana makes contact, <laughs> it's probably a penalty. But even though he tried to do a shoulder charge and missed, that's like fine because he missed. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with the call. So am I. It's just funny that like he clearly tried to do something illegal <laughs> and yeah. failed to do it. And yeah. that worked out in their favor. And I know the people trying to claim he need him. It's like, no, he ran. Yeah, you know, he, didn't like, need he, he didn't need him. If you slow it down enough, it's one of those many things. You slow it down enough, you can convince yourself he tried to name. It's like, no, he was in his gate and his leg is up. He hipped him. Uh, I, I, I was fine with the call. I agreed with it. But also I... I know it's not the same thing, but I don't. I don't think any Parramatta fan has a leg to stand on after the the call they were just given. Yeah, Dylan Brown was <laughs> offside. It's like if you guys got that, you stole the game on from a, on a bad call. You know, the right result was kind of given in that last few minutes. But it was um, we did a throwback game from our friend Jordan Rapano, maybe his best game since going back to the club mm. at fullback, doing crazy things and also just getting there for that. You know, stopped a forty twenty somehow, scored a try and did a six celebration. Like he had 25 runs to 260 meters. Like he was really good. And I think the whole game was, you know, lived up to any expectations many would have had. I just, you know, we go into these weekends expecting good games and I just don't, I don't let myself believe that's going to happen until it happens, you know? So people yeah. went expecting this to be a good game. And without Mitch Moses, it was a good fixture. I mean, you know, Jake Arthur and Dylan Brandon are right, but it, it felt like old school rugby league because it was like, Really defensive, and what a shot! You can actually have good paint games that have bazillion points in them. The Raiders are hitting really, really hard. Like I, I don't know, it was a really. I thought it was a great game, rugby league. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and um, uh, it's just we just feel so lucky when we get a close game at this point. Like, yeah, isn't that sad? Like, how good is this? Matt Frawley one run for one meter. Sam Williams two runs for sixteen meters. As a Two halves just taking the line on. <laughs> hey, we can't all have Brody Croft with his solid hit. Exactly right. Exactly um, right, mate. And uh, Matt Frawley undefeated since his Bulldogs days in the NRL, though. It's the anti Jack Whiten. Yeah. And they Clearly. only had um, Papali play seven minutes. And something about Joe Tarpanay's like, and I know the Raiders fans on Discord noticed, it, noticed noted this. It's like, anytime Papali gets hurt, Tarpanay like steps up. It's like he just needs to think every game Papali's hurt. That's yep. what he has to think. Every game, someone has to tap him on the shoulder. Look, mate, Josh isn't coming back. We're going to need you here and trick him. But they've just got their balance a bit better finally. They figured out how the Starling, the Starling Hodgson thing's working. They figured that out quite a bit. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if like like they, they're really good shot of making the finals. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Know, I don't know if I can have faith in them to do it. We're going to talk about it after we do the preview. We'll break we down think, team seven through 11 towards the end. Yeah, we get but, uh, it, it was not a bad bad effort from them. Uh, and the Eels, like, it's every year. Eels fans it must be sick of this shit. Every year. Mm. I like, don't know. And the, I think the toughest thing is an Eel, Eels fan, mate, if you're um, sitting there now, it's like, oh, they're not going to blow it up. That's a stupid idea. But they have so many guys, like, if you look through them individually, you know, Clint Gutherson's probably a top three or four fullback in the league. You know, Mitch Moses probably a top three or four halfback. Ray Marnie probably probably top four or five hooker. But the problem is they're all better than the contenders. All have like in the same positions, the contenders are all better than them in the key positions. It's like they might have the fourth best fine in the competition, but all the other contenders have three best they, fines. They remind me of like Tottenham in the Premier League or like the, yeah. when the Hawks or the Pacers were pretty good every year in the NBA. It's like, they're the good. A good one. I like that. They're good. And they got some nice players, but it's just like, you know, that when they play LeBron in the playoffs, it's only going one way. Yeah. It's the Hawks had what? Three to four all-stars. I think the last year yeah, when it yeah. fell apart, but when they, had, not... when they had Millsap and Josh Smith, I can't remember now. God, but uh, it was a long time ago now. Was, wasn't it was, uh, but it's one of those things like that. You, you, I think you're now there because it's not all all stars are created equal. You know, <laughs> it's the same thing here. Like they, they have a great team at Parramatta, but it feels like they're just a little bit off of those around them. I think what that year, I'm looking what they had. Yeah, they had Horford, Millsap. Yeah. Horford's um, really bad at myself about who else, mate. They had Dwight Howard at one point, but I know that was one of these years had three yeah. or four all stars. Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Bad, bad for oh, us. Yeah, they won sixty that. games in the regular season. They won sixty games in the yeah. regular season, but like no one thought. Yeah, someone's no one yelling at us down the um, down the microphone. It's all right. And then yeah, they pretty goodly. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals and got swept by LeBron. So it's like, what <laughs> yeah. are you gonna do? Exactly. But what that's are what you gonna like. do? <laughs> like, they kind of feel like Papa Lee worked it really well for them. It feels like they're missing outside of Sevo. And I know Ferguson had his, uh, probably his best game of the season after that, the, in getting dropped and ran right through that open gate that Jared Croker is now. They're really missing a strike back. Like they're missing a strike yeah. center. And there's a few things. Like they're all good. They're good everywhere. And like Tom Opacek's been fine, but you want Opacek to not be your best center. You want someone who's a strike center on the other side of the field. They haven't got that. Maybe Penasini can be that. And Sevo, man, like you've got to finish those tries. But he always yeah, bombed the weird. other like one. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really strange stuff. I mean, just, maybe he just thinks he can just run over them every time. Just, just and reach out. Yeah, can. Just but, reach out and put the ball down. Like, um, <laughs> why are you holding it toward to, close to your body? Yeah. All right. Uh, Roosters twenty-eight. Knights eight. Uh, they look shit with that Pierce again. Um, I don't know. Like, we're at the point of the year where we've got a lot of things to talk about, and this game is just like whatever. Anything you want to say? Uh, we'll talk about the Knights a bit, a bit later. They're a crew. Exactly, because we've got a bit to talk concern. about the Knights later. And I just think the Roosters but, are what they are at this point. They're, they're going to finish like fifth. And yeah. The most impressive thing for the Roosters again, though, is that most impressive thing for them is they filled in with Billy Smith and Ikevala going off early. But also, I really like uh, what Egan Butcher and Fletcher Baker both look quite good for them. I think they, it's I, two guys with four last names between them. They are. But I thought Fletcher Baker looks, looks really good. And I, you know, I didn't know much about him before this season. And I think he's come in and done a really good job and they've signed it, ran off a Tony as well. It's just the Roosters will keep producing these guys that kind of like the storm do that for like three years. We don't know who they are. They're on their bench and no one cares. And all of a sudden one day they're awesome. And they've got a few of those good young forwards there. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, a surprisingly close game, though, that followed this, and that was Cowboys 16, Storm 20. Um, Cowboys making a contest, contest of it late on with Kane Bradley scoring, but um, yeah, uh, this is a, I mean, I saw the Storm fans on Discord just getting angry, even though they won. And you know what? This time, fair enough. Uh, this one, the ruck was a mess. It mm. didn't feel like we had, even though there was a lot of penalties and ruck infringement was given away, it didn't feel like the ruck was being enforced the same as it has been other games. And the Storm rested guys heading into this fixture, but I don't think they anticipated the contest that it was. I mean, Jake Granville played fullback for Christ's sake. I think they were then thinking they'll walk over them. And even all season, the Storm have thought that in some games and they've just done it. They've won by 40. It was bizarre seeing them not do it easy. And the Cowboys had one of those games. I have them every few weeks where you see every all the confluence of events of the talent in that squad come together and you see what they could be even without Holmes or the hammer at fullback. They had Granville back there. You know, they, they kind of taped the side together. I really thought guys like Tom Gilbert and the Highland Luke were really good off the bench. Yeah, it was a good game by them and a, and a, a good contest all round and I think it gives you one of those games gives you hope as Cowboys fans, but I think hope Absolutely. is almost the worst thing for those guys. I think at the it's moment. probably too. <laughs> I mean, look, it's pro, it's it's too late for them this year. You'd yeah. think. Although, if I'm saying the cow, if I'm saying the Tigers can make the finals, there's no reason the Cowboys can't. So. Just, but it just makes you feel the same <laughs> yeah. thing about the Cowboys. It's every preseason. If you play games a like game this. like this when you play well, you've got to win the game though. That's the problem. Yeah, you do. I, I really like Tulangi in the centers there as well. Um, I do think he's an origin shot for Queensland next year. So. I would have been happy if he played this year too. And Kane Bradley looks like everything like off-brand Corey Oates. Like he does, he had played back row in Queensland Cup this year already, and just moves like him too. So didn't mind that. But he wasn't very. He was a Cowboys, sorry Tigers junior that wasn't particularly special. So I was surprised when I saw him debut, but he actually did a, an all right job. I didn't realize Jake Granville had played Queensland Cup in like successful. Sorry, Queensland Cup had played fullback in successful Queensland Cup teams. Yeah, he played in, in a poor green coach side. But that was so that when the Brisbane took him, they were doing this thing where he Granville defended at fullback and attacked at hooker. Right. So they there was like a rotational thing. So he played fullback on defense, but he was actually still the hooker in attack. Yeah, and right. qu- you can do that stuff in Queensland Cup, you know? <laughs> yeah, good on him. But he was actually fought, like that's a yeah. long time ago, right? That's well, that's, that's like eight or nine ago. years ago. Yeah. yeah. So like but he was okay. It was weird. Like he was fine, still considering. Like I don't know. I don't know if it's a a long term stopgap thing for them. But for Philly, I was I was surprised by. I think many were surprised by how well he played back there. Yeah, I I think so. People were kind of taking the piss out of it before the game, thinking it'd be like when both the Nasta played there or when Chris Sandow played there. But I think you'd be kind of scared in this one. I know it's only halfway through the game it happened. He got thrown in that position. But if you're a, a, a Sharks fan, you watch Nico Hines play in the halves in this one, you're probably thinking, oh, shit, I hope, I hope that's all we're getting next year. And it, and it won't be, obviously. It won't be just thrown in during a game with Pappenhaus off the bench. He would have pra- played and pra- uh, trained there all offseason. But you can definitely see there's um, things for him to work on to be a half, even though he was a yep. half before he moved to fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, South 60, Warriors 22. Um, can we count Josh Mansell's tries for Alex Johnson's uh, chase to the record? <laughs> Feels like you should, shouldn't you? Okay, though? good. And are we count- counting Bobby four tries as well? He might be there already, mate. He might actually already be there if we count those. Um, yeah, look, just a piss take, wasn't it? There was um, there was some decent tries, though. Luttrell is just 
ridiculous. He's just so goddamn good. And after um, the Storm didn't play like they usually do the night before, you guys played at the Storm in this game where you were like just taking, having a crack from your own half. They were making 80 meters a set in the second half like every single time they got the ball. They had 67% possession. That's a lot of possession. The, the Warriors had 16 minutes of the ball and scored 22 points. <laughs> but uh, it's a lot of possession. 60 points. Oh my God, the Warriors didn't make 1,000 meters. I didn't know that yet. 2,355 meters by you guys, 977 by them, 16 line breaks. You only broke broke 41 tackles. There's clean breaks. (laughs) Well, the the one, the Mansell one where he like walked through three guys like they were witches' hats was fucking terrible. Um, The Latrell try was pretty bad. I think Kolomatangi is probably the softest of all of them. Yes. Um, But my God, like some absolutely joke tries in this game. Like, look at look at the box score. Completely ridiculous. Yeah, Kolomatangi, twenty-five runs, two hundred and thirty-four meters. Uh, Patrick Margot, twelve runs, one hundred and seventy meters. You know, uh, Jaden Sewer, twenty-one runs, two, two, two meters. Like, not normal numbers. That's how easy it was for you guys in this game. You just ran over the top of the Warriors. And we said last year when the Warriors went into that bubble, we thought it'd fall apart. It looks like maybe the extra push and the no motivation returning back home. Yeah. It might have done it. And the and the Nathan Brown aspect, obviously. Well, yeah, of course. Um, but, and look, they, they're not going to get the wooden spoon. They've won too many games already, but yeah. they're going to be probably second or third last at the end of the year. Well, they get their farewell of RTS this week, see if that motivates them. But again, what, Isn't he done? Like, he plays this week, doesn't he? Or is he gone I don't think already? so. I think he's already I, gone. I thought he played this week. Am I wrong? No, I think he's gone oh, already yeah. because he... Um, he yeah, it says two of us. Oh, he's gone. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gone. So no farewell said, for him. You're right. It was seven days, wasn't it? The announcement. So way to send him out with this fucking performance. Yep. Oh, oh good. I googled his name and a hot take merchant put the cue in the rack. Calls out RTS after Warriors release. I'm not going to say who said that. We can guess. Yeah, you don't need to. I mean, it's a stupid thing to say. It is. I mean, the bubble is closing, and he's got a rugby career to start in like two months' time. Not... And also, there again, they're they're third last. Yeah. Come on, and it sucks. And he doesn't. Want, he probably doesn't want to do it either. He probably doesn't want to leave. No, he's. He's. I've. I've interviewed him. He's. A, he's a great fellow. Like any. Any player you speak to, just has nothing but good things to say about him. You can see yeah. the respect he gets from the people around him at that club and from around the league as a whole. Like he's going to be That's a huge it. loss to the game. But yeah, there's just no need for shit and, opinions like and that. And I know the All Blacks is always in his mind, but I, you'd have to think, and he's spoken about it as well too, that the bubble and the COVID, COVID and living over here definitely helped him push the button. Yeah. Like, because he won't have to leave New Zealand next year anyway, going there. But it's one of those things, man. I know a lot of people who have li- how they lived the last years. I've got many of mates who want to just move from where they're living because of it. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I'm not shocked that he just wants to get back out of the, the way he's been living his life the last two years. I think... Mate, we see our friends in Brisbane bit, just yeah. living it up, and it's like, well, yeah. Uh, but I also think we've become a bit desensitized by this point, just used to the Warriors having to live away from home. That, like, realizing yeah. that, you know, some of these guys, their first grade careers might, might only be five years, and they might have spent two of it, you know, living well, not in trailer parks, you know, it's like they're living like a, like yeah. a gypsy, <laughs> you know, like just nomads, mo- nomads, nomads moving around every six weeks, like, ugh. and it's yeah, fine, no, but- Nomad Land 2 is actually about. Um, Roger Two versus Shaq. It so. is. It's like I'm, and probably for the young players, it's fine. I was thinking the other day, like in lockdown, if I was still nineteen, twenty, I wouldn't care as much. I would have played video games like twenty hours a day. You know, whatever. When you're yeah. older, it's just yeah, not not fun. But 
Yeah. And they're, I don't know if they'll bounce back after this thing, this game. But they have a pretty shit run in. They won't get the spoon. But yeah, it's there's not much to really pay attention to regarding the Warriors for the rest of the year. No. Oh, uh, another another Wayne Bennett v Brown game that uh, went the way of Wayne Bennett. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Manly forty four, West Tigers twenty four. A gallant performance by the team of the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, they fucking garbage after the first twenty minutes. They're, they? the, they're the team we keep saying now. They have no interest in defending, mate. No, like, not about had, it. They had lots of possession, and they look quite good. They actually always look good in possession. They want yeah. to attack, look good in possession, and the moment possession swung after that first, what, the Morgan Harper try, and the, yeah. with three minutes to go, that was absolutely pathetic. Like that was the slowest sweet play I've ever seen, and he went through untouched. Like yeah. it was awful. Is that that try Bronton Brisbane scored last week? It was just like slow hands to the left hand side, and that looked like, and then we just went right through. It's like, yeah, don't know how that happened. But once possession kind of swung out of their favor, Manly did it piss easy. Yeah, and, and you yeah, could they- see, like, West had probably what five or six minutes just bombarding the Manly line. Yeah. I think at about the half hour mark, and then the moment they failed to score and gave a possession, I think Manly just rolled straight to the other end and Tibovic, uh Cherry Evans scored under the post. And that was, and you were like, yeah, this game's probably over. Yeah. So there was a period from the 23rd minute to the 34th or so. Uh, the Manly didn't complete a set. They had possession yeah. three times. Tigers had what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight complete sets in a row and then dropped the ball. And then the next set. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, bad. The next set, Manly scored. They went like the distance. Instantly, yeah. And then you said the DC one, then Morgan Harper, easy. And then pretty much in the... Well, you had the Tommy Turbo try and Dylan Walker crash over. You like, oh, yep. Game's over. Yep. I think that was when I went uh, back and started watching the Olympics again. Yeah. I've watched the rest of the fixture because I'm an idiot. But yeah, yeah this... Like, people think I've turned on a team in the podcast. I've not turned on them. I want them to win games. But just the way they defend, they're not, they not, not going to win games. That they don't care. True. They don't. They don't put in... They're happy, and then I, I really, I really get. They do get mad though. I hate that they're clearly saving energy for attack. I hate it. Yeah, and well, um, <laughs> look, having said all of this, I will predict them to finish eighth later in the podcast. When we, get to the bit where we predict who's going to finish seventh and eighth. But um, yeah, look, Manly are pretty good. They're going to come fifth or sixth. I don't know. What do you think they're going to do in the finals when they play South or Melbourne or Penrith? Who Manly? Manly. I don't know. Like they, they've we've said this before, they stumbled onto a really good mix of uh, Olakawatu and uh, Schuster in the back row. Paseko and Tapao doing well starting. Somehow Dylan Walker works off the bench now. Like Aloye hasn't like you know he only played thirty five here, but he'll get more run when he gets fitter towards the end of the year again. I don't know. They like they're just looking good. Like Kieran Foran's looking quite good as well. It's weird. I don't, I don't know what to think. I think they can take on one one, one or two of those teams. But I also wouldn't be surprised if like they just absolutely cracked under pressure as well. Like, yeah, that's yeah, fair enough. I think, I Tommy, I, I think Tommy I don't Turbo think forwards, down a little, by the way. I don't think their forwards can match it with those top three teams. But we'll Neither, see. but yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, like at least their rise has made me think like there's... And I know the Roosters look pretty crook now. But at least you mentioned you think, you know, I'm not I honestly still think there's only two to three teams that can win the comp. I still think that. I still don't think we now, can, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I think like, yeah, I think it's still Storm Penrith. Uh, but at least it's like maybe we might see some finals upsets. You know, maybe well, look, we might see someone different in the like a, a different prelim than expected. The way South played this week and the way that Penrith and Melbourne stumbled a little bit against 
a couple of the lesser teams does give you a little bit of hope, but still, I'm not. Not yeah, I don't think we'll be beating. Penrith don't have Cleary playing anyway. That's one really, of the games exactly, that we count. True. Like all they count when Cleary's out there is getting the W's. They're getting the W's. They don't mm. count without him. Honestly, Tyron May yeah. is like he's almost as bad as Brody Croft. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and that's good that you mentioned that because let's get on to that game. Um, Penrith eighteen, Brisbane twelve. Um, I'll let you go in a minute, but look, mm. people. And I, I do like that for the most part, Brisbane fans were like, this isn't like an honourable loss. This is a game that we pissed away. Um, and I just thought the last five minutes were disastrous from an attacking standpoint. I don't know why Tom Flegler touched the ball three times in the part in the last three sets while like your strike it's just sort of like Katoni Staggs just didn't touch the ball at all. I don't know why. I don't know what Brody Croft was thinking with that ball to paint Haas on the last play of the game. And, and I do love that on the commentary, Brayton has to praise Brody Croft for having some nice runs. It's like, yep, that's what I want from my halfback is hit ups. Hit ups. Good <laughs> it was weird. Braith was being like really positive in that game about Brody and trying to be upbeat and things like that. Whereas I prefer when you hear like first and just laugh at him. <laughs> when he mucks up, JJ just laughs. <laughs> but it's, yeah. Uh, you, I think you kind of hit it on the nail on the head there for the whole game and pretty much the whole last few weeks of this season for Brisbane. Like it's the same thing every, every week. I'm, I'm just bored, man. I'm just bored of this team and I can't wait to Reynolds is there because. This pack still without Pangai, without Lodge, without Carrigan, whatever. This pack is still good. This pack still played well. All our points came from forwards, <laughs> you know, like Kobe and Bullmore. And we don't look, cra- look like create anything else outside of that. Like Tessie and Stags can create things if they get the ball in space or even remotely to any ball. And while Stags need to go looking for it more, he touched the ball nine times in this game and it's just not good enough. Like, I don't know what happened when Tyson Gamble re-signed because before he re-signed, he just did his job and that's the level of player he is. Bring some you know, intensity, some passion, good defense, kick all right, straighten the line, just do your job and you know, let the other guys outside you shine. The last two weeks, he's trying to do way too much and it's, it's embarrassing because he hasn't got it. Don't don't run on last, Brody. Sorry, Tyson. Step back on the inside and run on your own. You know, maybe just give early ball to that really good center outside. You and look like a genius just throwing the ball to him. They don't. I mean, I've said everything I want to say about Brody Croft on this podcast. Everyone knows how I feel about him, but that there's a couple of players in this game that just summarized the player he is and the one you mentioned. Last play of the game, 40 <laughs> opposition line. And your halfback throws an inside ball to a prop. Like all Painhouse is doing is running in there to draw in a, one person over. That's all he's doing. And Brody throws the inside ball because he doesn't think at all what he's doing. Just whatever. This things just happen to Brody. They're not planned. And the same thing when he runs back on the inside with like takes hit ups as Brace said for no with no purpose almost all the time. Just steps back on the inside, tucks a ball under his arm, and just whatever runs in this game. Somehow he steps back on the inside steps, Spencer Lenu and Moses Leota goes to a hole. All he has to do is fall whilst falling throws a forward pass offload and lands over the try line. It's like, yep, that's who you are, Brody. And uh, he's not very good. And they try not to slam these guys too much, but after the game, Brandy Alexander put it quite well. And he was like almost giggled and held him back himself back from saying more, but he said, I've never seen a player ever throw so many dummies and just run straight into somebody. <laughs> it's like, yep, he throws a dummy and just runs straight into contact. Like, yep, he does that all the time. 
Yeah. Yeah. Gamble. Uh, that play just for half time was boneheaded as well, which gifted them a two point field goal, which Dylan Edwards hit beautifully. But um, again, yeah. that's, I don't understand how are you showing more endeavor in that situation when you should probably just take a tackle and get to half time than in the last two or three. Do you remember that set with like four minutes to go where he just yeah. kicked long and yes. hit Dylan Edwards on the chest? That's when you run the ball on the last. Yeah. When you're on and, halfway with four minutes left. Yeah. Not, and they, and oh. they didn't take the twos. And I was okay with the first one they, they didn't take when it was 2 0. We had a play off the field, but actually, I didn't mind to keep the ball up here, whatever, try and get a repeat set kind of thing. I didn't mind that. But the second one, it's like the, our goal line attack's awful. Anyway, we score at all this year pretty much is throw it to Katoni or when he's back now or a good player or one of the forwards. Like, Kobe does his thing there with Reese Kennedy or Bullmore steps through. We only score by special forward plays in the goal line. And we, you know, we didn't do that. We uh, didn't take the two and just terrible. And then their last, the end of sets and last tackles are so bad. And the longer they go without scoring points, the, the more desperate they get and they do dumb things, run on last, put poor kicks in. And you watch the Bulldogs. That, Sorry, go on, mate. What was that grubber that Croft put in? I think. With about three minutes left, when you were on their goal line, like, like just three of those, just chip it up to Corey Oates. Just give him a chance. Like fuck. Exactly what I was about to say is that the following day, you watch another team, the Bulldogs, who are anemic in attack. Right, they're as bad as we are on the goal line, but they scored points because you know what? If you get to the end of your set and put a decent kick in the mixer, you're going to score points sometimes. And they did that, and they got two tries from it. And we can't even like Brody couldn't even get the ball into the in goal. That's how poor his grubbers are that he can't get through bodies. And we do that, and he gets to keep playing for stability reasons for some reason. Like I understood the game, he came back into the side. Everyone else injured. He was the only half fit, so he had to play. And then what we win, therefore, he just gets to keep his spot. For what? I don't know. After all the guys they dropped, and then Jake Turpin just, yeah, is what he is. But you can't have like a Turpin with a Croft and a Gamble. The mix is terrible. They're all just not creative enough, and I'm glad it's over. Like Reynolds will be there next year. And this is another game we probably win if we have Adam Reynolds in it. But yeah, there's yeah. no there is no fucking pride in it, mate. Like there's early in the season when they had the games against the Panthers and Pan- Parramatta, there was pride in those ones because they actually took the game to those two teams. Penrith played footy for eleven minutes and scored three tries in this game. You know, they did, yeah. they did that's it. And they won. They were terrible. We could have had the game was sitting there for us to win it. And we didn't take it. And yeah, there's just such poor game awareness for all these dudes. And it's just the same old thing. I can't wait for this season to be over. And at least if Adam Reynolds is there, the things I know I'm getting at the very minimum is that I know I'm getting a dude that understands what he's supposed to do on the end of a set. At the very minimum, I know he's going to kick okay. You know? And I know that, yeah, you know, maybe he's not going to think he can run the ball on last all the time. Yeah, maybe not. And look... I think there's what the Eels game, probably both Penrith games at least. That's three games right there that you probably yeah. win if he's there. And there's probably yeah. a couple more that I'm not thinking of. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, very annoying for but you. They're going to be criminally boring the rest of the year, though, mate. Without um, without Pangai now as well, they're going to be very boring. They're quite boring now. But yeah, just whatever. I just can't wait for the season to end. Hopefully, we don't get the spoon. I think. I don't know. The Bulldogs still did go okay, but I don't think we can get it. But who fucking knows? No, I don't think so, mate. Yeah. They'd have to win two games. And I think you've got a much better forum against yeah. them. Do you have a better forum against or worse? When you look uh, at it? It's, it was oh, you're like 170 yeah. points better off as well. Yeah, it's got better this week as well. It was, yeah, it was close to last so, week. I don't do think I, so. But, uh, 
in the, in the Panthers are just kind of cruising through these games. I mean, Tyrone May sucks. Yeah, Mitch Kenny's awful to really, too. Oh, he's awful. He's awful. He got he, so, like, we played bad. we played them early in the year. He played that game too. He gets thrown off by forwards half the game. Awful, but you know they'll they'll get to finals and they'll have Appy back from his incident. They'll have Cleary back. Fisher Harris will be back. He's going away from the bubble now for Pangai to come. I think Pangai can't play the first week for some reason. But yeah, they'll be in shape for finals, and that's all that matters now. They're not really chasing a record season anymore. No, not at all. Um, they'll just chill for a bit, I think. And then look, although they've got, they did play both, they play the Storm this week, they play Seattle in a couple of weeks' time. I mean, if if um if Cleary's not back for those, there is a world where they finish third. I mean, they which played is quite surprising. But, they were aiming for Cleary yeah. back this week, but even if he is back, I mean, if they're missing Fisher Harris, who knows if Isaiah Yo's playing concussed? He got concussed this week, uh, and Pangai can't play. That's up pushing up a hill anyway, and. I think Yo going down with that Flegler high shot was kept the game closer because obviously he ball, he ball plays a bit more when when Cleary isn't there. But yeah, guys like Flegler too. It's like he's fifty odd games in his into his career. He just can't keep being this stupid. But he just is. No. And yeah, I don't know why he kept touching the ball. But I don't know. And oh well. and he has flashes every week, and I get why coaches like him because I you know from all reports he's a good he's a really good dude, really good country fella who. Doesn't want the guy goes back working the, on the farm and he's off seasons. You know, tries really hard at training and puts you know week on the weekend. And I know he's trying hard, but it's just it's trying hard and being a good bloke and whatever and having potential isn't enough in the NRL. You have to perform, and he makes too many mistakes for a guy who keeps keeping his spot. Whereas Ethan Bullmore, every time he's played this year, has shone. He scored what two individual tries now in big games, and he gets dropped every second week. Yeah, I can't work that out. Every time I see him play, I think that guy's pretty good. But oh well. Yeah. What can you do? Um, yeah, so we had, uh, again, not, not much to talk about this one. Dragons 10, Titans 32. Titans keep their season alive. Dragons still in the eight somehow. Against all odds. <laughs> oh, I mean, this was as we, one of the obvious Coltrane Cup tips of the season. You haven't picked the Titans. Why I hated yeah. how, how it got there. But yeah, this was a classic uh, day for feeder bash up on the small blokes game. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's got as much to do with him coming off the bench as they're making out as it has him running at Cody Ramsey. <laughs> like, there's a great recipe for success, and he and he did that uh, very well in this game. And what Brian, he ended up in the centers, didn't he? When Brian Kelly went off, so really run up on, on Cody Ramsey, bashed up on him. But the Dragons, as we know, with the players they're missing, I don't know. I mean, I think Jack Bird had a pretty good game in the back row. Um, Jaden Sullivan looked okay in the in the in the six, might be their full time next year, but they didn't really look in this game for much of it. And yeah, I don't know. Did Blake Laurie put on ten kilos since he went to the went to the bubble in Queensland? <laughs> uh, the chunky lad. Um, what did you think about the Titans? Is there anything to get excited about if you're a Titans fan, or is this more fool's gold? Uh, really good debut from Toby Sexton. Uh, he's another one from that 20, 2019 Queensland side I kept mentioning. He wasn't in the starting side again. He was kept out by Josh James, who debuted for South Logan Magpies and Queensland Cup this year, just this weekend. So a bit of a different career path for those two. That Sexton's yeah. now ahead of him there. But yeah, he um his debut was quite good and ran the ball often, got a got a what he got a try in the game. Yeah, he did get a try easy try at the end. I thought that's something you can take away as a Titans fan. I know they're talking to Milford like your lot are. But maybe it'll make me think that he could be the six next year. I don't know. That's a good sign. Um, but other than that, I don't know. It's just a typical Titans game, right? Like 
I don't think you can you can sit there happy as a Titans fan until they they go into a tougher fixture and actually show up. And they they're somehow still just hanging around the finals, and their run home isn't that difficult. But yeah, you want to see them go like go beat an actual good team. Yeah, I think so. And will that happen? I don't know. I mean, the Dragons are in the eight, in air quotes, and this is a good win for the Titans. They took points off the Dragons, but nobody's under any illusions this whole season if the Dragons are a good team or not. No, no clue at all That uh, if you think they're good. But um, I don't know. It's They might still get there. I mean, they, although, no, we looked at their run, didn't we? Their run is really bad. Uh, that, that thing's all right. I think they're not too bad. No, we'll the Dragons about, I'm talking yeah, about. Dra- oh, yeah, Dragons are not in trouble. They're in trouble. Yeah, they're, they're not making it, I don't think. But anyway, uh, last game of the round, we had uh, Bulldogs 24, Sharks 44. Um, again, uh, Bulldogs made a little bit of a fist of it early in the second half, but um, yeah, not enough. Yeah. And the other benefit of Titans, by the way, is not leaving Queensland now. It's great for them. Good point. Uh, yeah, the the Sharks, again, like they're just sitting around that, that same murky area between the 6th to 12th best team in the competition. It was... Nice to see Sean Johnson turn up again and play quite well. And then he got hurt, of course. That's how things happen to Sean. But yeah, it was a good game from the Sharks. Katoa finished quite well. And Talakai had a really strong game in the back row. I think so did Nikora, one of his better games in a while. Uh, Who else played great? Luke Thompson, I thought, was awesome for for the Bulldogs. and his best game in the NRL. And Toby Rudolph had his... uh, First strong game in a while, I thought, too. I thought he was coming off the boil for a few weeks there. So, yeah, I don't know. Just decent enough. Yeah, look, whatever. <laughs> it's just so hard to get excited about it's games not, like this. It isn't. I mean, it's, Luke Thompson was great. That's the sign for a Yeah, he's really game. good. Yeah, and add Pangai to him next year would be great. And um, Beyond the Odo looks quite good off the bench as well. I mean, he was supposed to be a halfback, and he's ended up playing – Hooker off the bench in time in a time of need for the Bulldogs, and he and he's filling in quite well there. So maybe he's something moving forward as well. But half this dog side is different next year, and the Sharks they're in that finals mix, and they've got to win these games. But you know, it's the Bulldogs you're supposed to beat the Bulldogs. Yeah, exactly right. And maybe they will. Maybe they will. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. All right, uh, that's the round in question. Let's jump forward to some other things. Uh, we talked about the um, Rugby League World Cup news on a special Patreon emergency podcast last week. If you are not a Patreon listener, you'll have to unfortunately. Miss out on that one. If you are, I hope you enjoyed it. But uh, we may as well briefly talk about it now. Then we're not going to spend half an hour on it like we did last Thursday. But um, yeah, we had news, I think, yesterday that Daily Chairman's were saying if the players had been consulted, there would have been a standoff about this, that most players wanted to go. And that overall, I think most people, apart from, you know, a very small segment of people who think that there's nothing this current administration can do wrong, um, are pretty pissed off about this. Yeah. As we said in the podcast, it's driven by the clubs. And yeah, a lot of the, it's been transparent as the last couple of days, like we've seen articles written by some of these news organizations who are pro Peter Volandis get deleted 
Like the James Graham's quotes that were put on Fox Sports got deleted by Fox. It's just transparent as but it's just disheartening again that the it's club power pushing this coronavirus is the excuse doing it on behalf of the player safety in air quotes. Just miss me with that. Like, I don't know. I'm listening to the bonus podcast about, it. I'm just disappointed as a rugby league fan again. And this game keeps kicking me in the balls every year at the, at the moment, every few months, it feels like. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just a damn shame. I really do hope they go ahead with it anyway. Fuck them. Yeah. They're talking about like going though. to now. I don't know. Yeah. The standoff is going to happen for a few weeks. It's going to be bizarre if they do that. And they, they can't send an indigenous or New Zealand team instead. They just can't like, no, they can't. Okay, so I think the Indigenous side isn't under the ARLC, but again, it's not very good optics if you say it's not safe for the Australian team, but it is safe for the Indigenous. But also the World Cup, honestly, for their own benefit, we can't, they can't let non-national sides in. You know, like I would if there was an Australian representative team instead of the ARLC team now, fine. But you can't just like you know. The cards are adding other teams to it like that. No, I mean, I'd love to see it, but uh, no, they, uh, you know what? I get why they shouldn't, but if yeah. they want to just go as like a rebel thing, then it's not a safety issue for the NRL. And then it's just like, oh, do whatever just, you want. Just call it something else then though. Honestly, like, like it can't be the indigenous and Maori all-stars, <laughs> you know? Would you, I mean, how would you feel about it if they did go ahead with it? I actually, at this point would love it. Or the World they just Cup. did the World Cup anyway. Fuck them. I think it's a bad decision, mate. I hate that what's happening, but I think it is because it'd go ahead and who gives a shit? Like honestly, because they won't give a shit over there either. In England, if they play World Cup, oh, and I the think finals, they'd be excited that they could win. Yeah, but it's like, are they really excited if they play England or France and they play France at a final or something? Or, or I don't know what's happening. We still don't understand fully what's happening with the guys like Tonga and Samoa, like because coaches even hit Ivan Cleary again, saying that he doesn't want guys like Luai going anyway. So like, I don't know what's going to happen with them. Like, if it ends up being like really weakened teams from those nations, I don't think it's a good thing for it to go ahead. You know, and it's sad to say that, but. That's why the ALC and NZRL know what they're doing in this regard, like why they're pulling that plug. But it's just pathetic that the clubs went out and we just know they'd move heaven and earth for Origin to be played. And uh, it's just another... And they want this game wants to be in the Olympics in 2032, but still to this day puts the international game below every other level of the game. And I understand it from the club level because the clubs only care about the clubs. No shit. But that's the whole point of having governing bodies, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just think it's a shame. Yeah. It's like, remember how mad we used to get when guys like Harry Kiel never played for Australia and the Socceroos because of his club? Yeah. That's a good point. It used to piss me off a lot. It did. Like, And yeah, and I know, and the player thing, like, obviously the players want to go. And that was the worst. The worst part of all of it is that the fake veil of it's for player safety. And then the weird things saying, like, oh, the Verlander's quote about, like, the mental health issues of being in quarantine. Oh, what a load of bullshit that was. But oh yeah. Like as if they haven't some haven't been into quarantine or the families aren't in quarantine right now in Queensland with gaffer tape on their balcony doors. <laughs> Another ridiculous yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the how good was that photo? Yeah, there's no way they'll be able to break through this. Impenetrable. Yeah. <laughs> it's disheartening <laughs> it's again, such hey. A funny photo. Um, Craig Bellamy is set to secure 
Uh, a long-term extension with the Melbourne Storm, Mitchell, as I'm sure you're sorry to hear. I mean, use this again. We know this, but obviously we're staying. And uh, the, the interesting part, I guess, for Melbourne is the word is that he's only guaranteed to coach at the end of next year. So he'll, he'll step up, likely the director of football at some point, if not that year after, maybe after that. But it seems as the length of it is more about, like, cause I don't know how it'll go if he works from home, in air quotes, from Brisbane as the director of football for Melbourne, considering how hands-on that kind of role usually is, forget me, but especially with how Craig Bellamy's behaved. But I think it's more for the Storm's benefit. It's like they'd rather have Bellamy on, his, on their books in any role than have him on someone else's books. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's a very good point. Like keep him away from other clubs and it's, you know, it's good to see them. It killed me with Brisbane in 2008. It killed me again the last time. But good to see them not have any backroom egos. I think they're more important than Craig Bellamy. Like they understand it. Like Craig Bellamy's the most important figure at that club. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and good on him. Uh, yeah. Look, but it, it does suck for you though. No, not I wasn't thinking about it again, mate. Like it came out, broke out last year. The year, you know, agreed to turn something with us. But like, I didn't think about it since, you know, once it didn't happen. So oh, this is not happening. So I wouldn't say it sucks for me. I'll, <laughs> yeah, no, but I, it's, it's it would have been nice to have Craig Bellamy at your club as well. Well, yeah, I know that. But it'd be nice not to have sacked Wayne Bennett, you know, twice. <laughs> well, I'm actually kind of happy you did do that, yeah. to be honest. Uh, well, um, yeah, uh, we talked that brief of it. Roger Tuvasic is gone. He has played his last game in the NRL, at least for the time being. Uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but we, sh- I mean, we can talk about Roger Tuvasic for a few minutes here. Dalian winner, fantastic player. Um, enjoyed a lot of success at the Roosters before heading over to the Warriors. Not so much team success, but certainly a shitload of individual success. Uh, the game will be poor without him. Yeah, and that, the 2018 season, he may have had better season at the Roosters beforehand, but that was the one that was really against the odds, uh, the way he played after coming back from injury and, ha- and how, how much he looked like he'd lost it in 2017 and had that, the Warriors had that really special year, what, that year. And, uh, yeah, it was just nice to see him go out. You know, not go, sorry, not go out like that. Let's see him have that again. And, you know, that's with that Blake Granny, Sean Johnson's still there. He's a really strong season. And he'll go down as one of the better fullbacks of his generation. Won't go down as the best one. But, yeah, it's, it hmm. sucks for the Warriors because they kind of – getting him over there was huge for that club. And, yeah, he's gone and probably never comes back considering he's 28 and just gone to Union. I don't think he ever comes back. And if he does, you won't see the best of him. But, yeah, well, um. He won't make 200 games, which is strange to think for how long he's been around. That is and weird. Yeah. He's 195, but he's been around since 2012. But he's one of the best players of his generation and probably gets more credit or praise if he wasn't a Kiwi or if he wasn't at the clubs he played at. Like I know he got praise at the Roosters, but in general, you know, people just try to ignore how good the Roosters are. And uh, being at the Warriors, you're forgotten. And not, not having origin on your resume just matters how people think about you. So... You know, he probably won't be accepted to the level of player he is by the wider league community for the long term, which is, you know, sad, but that is what it is. I hope he does well in Union, but I also won't give a shit if he doesn't. I'm not, I'm not going to be tracking his career from here. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. No, I, I, I wish him the best, but yeah, I, I shan't be tuning in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, good week for the Sharks. They re-sign Matt Moreland. They lock him. Dale Finucan from next year. I think that's some excellent work from Cronulla. They're really building something nice there with um, 
Moylan re-signing gives a bit more clarity in the halves. Dalvin Hooken comes in. Nico Hines, Cam McInnes. Uh, plenty to be positive about for Cronulla, Mitch. Uh, I'm not like I was big on clubs signing for Nukin for years, but I started like in the Sharks. Out of all the ones he was linked with, is the ones I'm, I'm you know at the top of the list of this is the most likely it's going to be good at signing. You know, they're number one most likely to where all these potential destinations, and they were chasing him since like round eight. They'd been after him this whole time, but I started getting really concerned that all it took was like Cooper Cronk to say on TV he would fix a club that all of a sudden like six clubs wanted him. That's it's like that's not enough of a reason, people. Like, and I think he'll be a good sign for a year or two at the Sharks. I'm concerned about the length of the deal. Four years, considering he hasn't played over twenty game. He played over twenty games once in the last like four years. Lots of miles on his clock. Not, never been a special level talent. Always been a good player. Never been a special level talent. So I'd be worried about that. But still a good signing initially, and. I know it's been easier for Sharks fans. They've had some bad contracts. Like they've had the Dugan one, the prior Moylan one that's now being fixed with a small contract that lets them go, well, it can't, it's not as bad as that deal. So they're not going to hammer it, which is fine. Like, But I do think, you know, again, this being a good deal hasn't got anything to do with other ones being bad deals for them, if you get me. No. You know, it should be analyzed on its own. But I do think it's a, a good signing. Just the years is a real concern for mine. And I'm also worried about the level of play. He started getting compared to like, I've heard the names thrown out. I heard he could be their Ben Kennedy. He could be their Luke Lewis. He could be their Sonny Bill Williams. He could be their Cooper Cronk. Those are four I've heard, right? Can you explain the Cooper Cronk one? Same thing. Go to the Roosters and the culture. Change. Ah, right. Okay. Even that was really changed. Nah. Anyway, the real concern I have with those four Bungard is he may be the same level and tangible player as those four. He has never been the level of football player those four are. You know? So No. And what you usually find if you just sign players for intangibles, you end up with James Tarmel at the Tigers now. You end up with Russell Packer at the Tigers now. And thank God they didn't sign him. <laughs> but Or Adam Blair the first time there. It's like, you've got to sign the whole package. I just think he's going to change the culture off the field. And that'd be my little concern. If they've set a pedestal of him, of being those guys. And those guys will walk up starts in the Australian side on their, you know, for well, Cronk's entire career. Sonny Bill Williams up for Australia, but was one of the best back rowers anytime he played the game bar last year. Luke Lewis played for Australia in multiple positions. Ben Kenley, one of the best back rowers of his generation. Like, Fanukin has played origin being an origin level player, but he is just not on their special level of talent. If you get me. So I think people are setting a yeah. bit of an unrealistic bar for him, putting him at that, in that company. So, you know, that's, it's, I think it's interesting signing for them. And I think what they've done, they're not huge risks, but I'd also be concerned if they're building a team to come seventh or sixth again, rather than the team to go further. Or like you know, like I also we, don't really understand what culture issues the Sharks have at the moment. Like, yeah, they've had some. Know. Like they, they make the finals every year. Like, yeah, they seem like a pretty well-run club comparatively to some of the yeah. others. But yeah, they've got like it's what they've got next year. They haven't got a. That's my other worry. It's like it's they'll be good again. Guarantee you, they'll be good. But you look at the pack, the starting pack in the middles, probably Rudolph, Fanukin, and McInnes. We, and that's good, but that's what it is. That's your starting pack. You've signed that, like, Rudolph is signed for four years, well, three after this year. They signed McInnes for four seasons after this year. Fanukin signed for four seasons after this year. 
there's not a lot of ceiling left. If you get me, it just feels like it's a team that hasn't signed a lot of ceiling. So it'd be a good squad, and maybe they've they'll they're planning on bringing some young fellows along through it to to bust that ceiling open. But it feels like a team that's destined to finish between sixth to eighth, and that's not really what we're playing for, is it? Yeah, and look, I, I've always, I you know, I, I think we've given the Sharks a little bit more respect than most people do a lot of the time. Oh, I, don't, I feel like I give them less than they deserve. And, <laughs> no, I don't know. But yeah, look, I, I think, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like, I, I, yeah, you're right. They're not going to, these things aren't going to elevate them into the top four, but I think it keeps them in the top eight mm. and will keep them sort of chugging along. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I did see though with the, it came out later, the Finucane deal, they are doing, they front loaded it. And it's quite funny because backloading is now seen as a dirty term. Even if so, if clubs do, we don't even hear it publicly. They're front loaded, which is which is good, but they're front loaded at 750, 750, 300. So I guess that's the smart part of it is that that last year. Yeah, you should always front load contracts if you can. Yeah, I mean, well, especially in this type of deal, like Vanukin yeah. being they're bringing him for experience and they're paying him in his better years, they're thinking. And that last year is really what sealed it for them that every other club offering three years at fourth year sealed it knowing the sharks he probably defies everything and plays well till he's 34 anyway and they sign him for another year yeah but yeah just um i just feel like he would have been such a home run signing for me like for them like two or three years ago and maybe maybe he's still now maybe i'm being too negative about it but it just feels like there's a lot that can go wrong over a four-year deal for a player of his age at that money Maybe yeah, I'm wrong. Maybe. Um, the Knights have re-signed Kurt Mann until the end of 2023. Uh, Jaden Sue officially become a dragon, and unfortunately for me, yeah. Dan Gagai has returned to Newcastle starting next year. Yeah, I will just say by the way, the last thing, last thing for Nuke, and I think you're right though. He's not going to change that culture a lot, but that's probably why I'd make it a good signing. They're not expecting him to go in there and be the guy who flips it around. He's yeah, as you said, top. he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be James Tarmo at the Tigers. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but yeah, the Dan Gago one. I'm glad Brisbane didn't Shame. get him. Good, like good player, right? But wasn't the 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 solution to our problems? The Broncos need to get a hooker bad and another spine player bad. Bizarre that like the the Knights thing feels weird because it it felt like a worse divorce than what it, it clearly was. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess it's because most of their fans, fans are happy to have him back as well. Yeah, which like, so I don't know. I guess they moved on from slagging him so, uh, earlier on, but yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's a, a loss for for South, but also it kind of, I think for you guys, it might have been time to move on and use that cap space for something else now. Like you guys probably might end up spending on Milford, which probably has more to like Milford. If you get him get it back in back in line, will have a bigger impact on your season next year than what Dango was going to have. You know, I don't know who plays center for you. Does Braden Burns play centers again next year? It just depends. I think probably yes. I, I think they've kind of just gone cold on Stephen Masters a little bit. Um, unless but, they, yeah, no, it pretty much looks like it's going to be Braden Burns unless they sign somebody else. But yeah. Or Tane Milne, I guess, maybe. So Tane Milne as well. Like, that's not, yeah. I mean, your man Tiatau Boga is still you around. Guys, you guys find ways to make do with those types of players. Like the Reynolds loss is the big loss. The other ones. Sua, I don't think Gagai, lost. good player. I'll miss him. Sua, yeah. don't care. Reynolds is going to fuck us over, but Gagai's just, I was afraid of signing, right, uh, just knowing he'd be paid like an origin player who's, and he's be th- again 31 next yeah, year. Yeah, that's on fair the enough. Slide. That is fair enough. All right. Uh, should we move on to some rookie takes? No, we should. I want to mention as well for the Knights, like 
They re-signed Kurt Mann for two years. Another Isaac Moses dude. Ugh. But also yeah. that story that came out that they're re-signing Lachlan Fitzgibbon because his dad works for the major sponsor. I didn't Thank say that. That you is didn't say not that? great. That's not no. great. They, they were looking, there wasn't much interest in him from other clubs, but his dad's a key at the major sponsor. It was in the paper, and that's uh, that's part of why they're looking to re-sign him. That's not great. Jeez, that's shit. Where was that? I, I don't know. I saw the screen. I think, I'm assuming it's probably Tui's news, but I saw the screen cap ah, going around, cut out. But yeah, I don't love it. I found it in the Australian. Uh, oh, there you go. Crucially, he was also a key retention because of his family's long-standing relationship with the club. Fitzgibbon's father, Mark, is the managing director of the club's major sponsor, NIV. That's terrible. I thought his dad was the politician. It's, I don't know. But either way, nepotism at the, is you know rife at that club. But this level is something else. I didn't know if your dad was the sponsor, you'd get him in. Like, what are you going to do? Next time I'll get my... Well, if I have ever a manager director of a, of, a, of a large organization, get him to sponsor a footy team and that's like my son. Is that how it works? I guess. Ah, oh, there you go. Uh, he's the nephew of Australian Labor Party MP, Joel Fitzgibbon. So there, there you go. go. Close enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. Rookie takes? Rookie takes. Fantastic. All right. First up, we have uh, Brody Henry. Uh, players were originally against the treatment of head knocks and wanted the choice to play on. England had 38,000 cases overnight. What happens when they go catch COVID, a player dies, file a lawsuit and cripple the game? You'd remove this treat tweet real quick then. Yeah. But who's filing the lawsuit? I don't know. <laughs> um, hey, but... Andrew Johns. Without Moses, Parramatta can show they're not flat track bullies. We sure showed them. Uh, Graham Gillard. The NRL has just about bankrupted itself trying to appease the state governments. They should stand up, speak up, and fight the lockdowns. Even go on strike if they have to. Yep. Will that work? Yeah, will. Surely. No, no issues, yep. mate. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that would really make the respective state governments sit up and take notice. Um, our man, Andrew Ferguson. Uh, not going to lie, I'd rather hang on to Mbai on a million a year than sign Josh Hodgson. Thankfully for both sides, this trade never happened. No one would have benefited greatly from it. Whiten is a great player, but he'd struggle in the Tigers' setup. This is, of course, in reference to the uh, Tigers official ringing the Raiders and offering Luke Brooks and Moses Mbai for Jack Whiten and Josh Hodgson. Tigers fans sometimes, they just have takes nobody asks them to have. I mean, no one, you don't have to do this to yourself. You, you don't know? have to say Moses Mbai is better than Josh Hodgson. You don't have to. No, like, you can say you don't like the trade because you just don't like the players. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Saying that Mbai and a million is better than Hodgson at your club, I could I can't get my head around that. And then also saying that oh, yeah, White just wouldn't fit in. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's strange. Um, Paul Andrew Ferguson, because I don't dislike the man, but that's two no, takes this year that are very strong. Strong yeah. rookie. I think he's had take. two or three entrants. Maybe he's trying to get in. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and Warren Smith, this was in reference to the uh, one of the two decoy tries in that Storm Cowboys game not being allowed. Not happy with the no try call on two players last night. They could slash should have been tries, but if the decoys had no effect on the defense, why are they so far ahead of the ball? Tweak the rule. If you don't receive the ball, you have to stop short of the defensive line. Fixed. What's, how is it fixed? So just no more decoy runners. To stand like, or you run and then stop, which is exactly the problem. That, 
<laughs> Except if you stop, what, 20 centimeters in front of the defensive line, it's not running into the defensive line? Uh, yeah. Like, not what? had a great week on the old, the old, t- the takes as old was, has he? No. Just, just commentate. He's <laughs> just, really, he's just he's stick to sports, Warren. Stick to sports, Warren. He's literally one of the best commentators in the country. Yes. And then he comes up with something like this. It's like, what is that? How's it your idea? You haven't thought that more than like three seconds. You, haven't, you can't like, have. How can you stop before the line? Like the, the line moves forward too. So you run like a decoy that takes like one step. <laughs> the world's worst decoy. Any sense. You get a full head of steam up, right? To run a line. And you're not actually, again, decoy runners, you're not always a decoy, right? You're supposed to receive the ball half the time. You're supposed to be an option. You're hitting this hard line and then you have to stop on a dime, blow both your knees out <laughs> for the new rule. That's a great idea. Yes, that's exactly what. That's exactly right. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. It's great. People just get on the internet and say things. And we just let it happen. It's a society. It's, it is. We live in a society. Um, if you want to vote for a rookie takes, we're getting close to the finals as well. We're doing the finals at the end of the season. Um, if you want to vote or nominate rookie takes, you must be a member of our Patreon subscription service. Go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Get access to our Discord server, entering the next year's Coltrane Cup tipping competition. Uh, merchandise is included, rookie takes voting rights, and there's plenty of other bonus uh, stuff as well, like bonus podcasts. We had one the other day in the Rugby World Cup. And we've got an interesting one coming in the next couple of days, Mitchell. We do. We have a movie podcast coming for the patrons with uh, Josh Brandon, movie director and... Uh, Listener extraordinaire of the podcast. Probably probably our coolest listener, I think. Yes. It's yeah. shot at the rest of you. It was a yeah. shot. It was a Just lift. Why don't, you, why don't you guys direct movies? But yeah, we had a good fun. We did that. If you like movies, you'll like that it's podcast. It's just obviously. him and Nick Campton talking about James Bond for an hour. And yeah. we'll look, again, if he wants to do anything else in the future, let us know. Other sports, other things. We we really want to do run it back with the same quartet and do Tarantino next. We'll probably do that in a couple of months. But, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll check that with people, but we might end up doing the Tarantinos one by one as patron podcasts and you can you can listen along. Yeah. But that that was good fun. That's coming in a, in a few days. Also, I'll ask you, Bungard, on air, I'll ask you why not. <laughs> Should we do, the fans are demanding it right before we started podcasting? A separate Olympic rookie take. Should we do the Olympic rookie Ooh, takes for like, okay. like, like two or three weeks? And I like it? that a lot. All right. Yeah, so I'll have it ready for question time. Yeah. So people fire me in your Olympic I'll make a takes. new channel on the yeah. Discord. Obviously, I'm only going to pick one of the, angry, the, the hyperactive coach takes, of which there are very, very many. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. They're so bad. Uh, let me just... I'm going to make that channel real quick. But, yeah. um What's what's uh what's should we should call them amateur takes instead. Yes, we should. <laughs> we'll do that, and we'll do that a quick fire one for a couple right. of weeks. We'll just... I'll do that now. I'll have it ready for question time podcast on Wednesday. So yeah, that'll be good. So yeah, I know there'll be there's just been a, a hot day for takes on, on oh, mate. today. And Campo and I talked about this today. It's it's the Olympics is much like everything else. You can't just lob up to the Olympics and expect to win without training. Yeah. You can't just lob up once every four years and have takes. You can't expect to take without any without repercussions. You can tell some of these nerds who haven't watched sport for three years and eleven months, or well, four yeah. uh, four years and eleven months, I guess, just coming in with bullshit. Like and they people are making know their assumptions place. about the celebration. Okay, I'm not making any judgments of what type of person he is. I don't know him at all, at all. But getting in tr- over celebrating, go fuck yourself, like. They work damn hard for this shit. They only get a chance every four years. This Olympics, we had to wait a year for it. And you're telling the dude he can't celebrate. He doesn't know that he doesn't know he's getting filmed either. You know, like he, good on him for fucking letting it out. Like, how do you celebrate when your team wins something? You celebrate in the couch, you go, oh mate, oh, bit I get more my respect. Penis out in front of the Woolpack Hotel in Redford. 
That's it. People, yeah, exactly. You're right. Perfect. Like just yeah. stupid. But, and, but as you said, people rock in who don't watch sport, don't understand anything, and they don't take as well. You got to be a year. You got to four years of prep takes. You don't get the Olympics. You get the Olympics by doing prelims. You got to qualify. You got to get in there. You got to have your takes on your hand. And there's, uh, I think Pythago tweeted. There's a few novices jumping into this sports discourse. Discourse. It's you can't turn up like the Olympics. It's years of practice, you years of shit just, takes. Because you got to know what takes are going to work and what ones don't. Yeah. Like I had a I had a red hot take the other day when that guy punched a horse, and I knew to keep it offline because I knew the people wouldn't agree with me. Yeah, there you go. Exactly right. That, that's what he said. You need to have shit takes and shit and shit hot takes for years before you are allowed to unload. A coach is celebrating is toxic. Toxic actually. Yeah, you it's actually exactly bad. Right. And look, I buy I buy into the point that. Obviously, there are coaches. Like I just listened to a six-part podcast on um, uh, Bella Caroli and uh, his wife, who were the Romanians that coached the U.S. gymnastics program for like twenty years, and were there when Larry Nasser was the like doctor and all that stuff. As really, really good, and it does sort of highlight that sort of toxicity that comes with coaching in competitive sports all the time. But yeah. you can't just assume that this guy is like them because he celebrated really hard when his athlete won a gold medal. Yeah, and I, I've seen those some of those weird Twitter accounts like, oh, imagine what he'd be like to uh, Ariane if he, if they lost, if she lost. It's like, oh yeah, he'd be if she came second. I'm sure he'd be in the uh, he'd be whipping her with a cat of nine tails back there. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that there is, as you said, there is nuts coaches. I don't know anything about him, but judge it on what you saw and let let ye be cancelled at a later date <laughs> if required. If cancellation is required, we'll find out. But yeah, it's just you said people just drew the longest, longest bow. Yes. Oh, update. Um, after us picketing the Australian softball team, and shout out to Ben Quagliata has been tweeting that they should be called the Dingaroos all week. And they finally replied to him and said, What do we think? Dingaroos or the Aussie spirit? I mean, and um yeah. Dingaroos is gonna win this in a landslide. They Actually, should. post a poll. Yes. Yeah, oh my god. This is like when uh when Simon tweeted the Tigers to sign Tui Lalehia, and they did. Wasn't that Elijah <laughs> Taylor? Elijah Taylor, sorry, God, I, yeah. I gave him too much credit. You did. But Dingaroos, we, that is... Oh, there's no poll. She, they've asked a question, but there's a lot of Dingaroos responses. And I, I do think giving it to the softball team is... A, you know, it's good to give one back to the little guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mate, they're all right. They might win. They might get... They played really well against America yesterday. But haven't they oh, also sorry, this morning. Like, sorry. But then they get like uh smoked. They got mercy ruled against yeah, Japan. That's it. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. Yeah, right. When you when they're seeing them like softballs, right? That's sometimes they just smack them out of there. Dingaroos yeah. is a good name, though. They, they are uh, getting flooded with replies. Okay, so <laughs> we need Dingaroos. to the, we need to put the trademark in right now. Listeners, Dingaroo, Dingaroos.com at softball oz oz Twitter account. Get in there, let them know about it. Dingaroos. Do you can buy the domain now? Let's People make millions doing this. We buy dingaroos.com.au before anyone notices. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Millions. All right, let's go sock some dingers. I'm inspired. Okay, let's go put the trademarks out for dingaroos. Okay, good. All right. Uh, all right, and we'll be back on Wednesday with uh, another dingaroos podcast. Say goodbye, Mitchell. <laughs> goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.